0: My next guest is a local Seattle artist that is all about peace, a peaceful rapper. Over the past few months, he's been putting out singles and freestyles while edging toward his goal. The release of his debut album, Trapeze Artist, which is out this Friday, June 26th. Introducing Peaceful Pinder.
1: I've been traveling for a while now. I've been traveling for a while. I've been traveling for a while now. I've been traveling for a while. A lot of things on my mind now A lot of things on my mind Where I'm going got it mapped out Seen it, seen it all in my mind yeah where i'm going got it mapped out i put the devil in submission and he tapped out going hard like a frat boy trying to black out couldn't be a druggie overdose that's a bad route that's a bad move bad maneuver all them dui shit couldn't take you up uber my heart froze like my diamonds stay wet like a scuba couldn't follow your lead because I, you lo- I know you a loser because i know you a loser because i know what you're doing Trying to stop me from winning. Trying to stop me Uh,
0: me Welcome back everyone. Today I'm with a very special guest. The one and only peaceful Pinder. (laughs) So I don't know if you um I looked up your name just to like see what the meaning was behind it, and I don't know if you know, but Pinder means peanut so basically your name means peaceful peanut i don't know if you knew that or not
1: oh man that's hilarious that's awesome no i mean i definitely did not know that now I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have to drop that little nut on people uh that goes well man you got you gotta uh you gotta be a little different you gotta be a little nutty to make it in this music that's for sure to make it in this music come on now it really comes from just being peaceful, you know, what I mean, like, you know, I, I come from an adverse background. So really just wanted to be peaceful myself. And then my last name is Pinder, mm. which doesn't surprise me, though, that it's a peanut because it's like a Caribbean name. You know, it's a surname that you find the most in the Bahamas. So, mm.
0: so are you mm. your Caribbean then?
1: I mean, my ancestry. So I'm biracial. My mm. dad's African-American. My mom's Caucasian. Um, but my dad's side like in the slave trade the sugar triangle we spent a lot of time like almost 100 years in the caribbean so there's a lot of like caribbean evolution and uh, a lot of people think i'm like puerto rican or something but mm. it's really just islander <laughs> yeah yeah but you know how like light, well when, when lights you never know what color we're going to
0: be <laughs> for sure <laughs> yeah that's the thing too i don't even know i think i might be porter not puerto rican um what did you just say yeah puerto rican i think i might be also i don't know I don't really know my no. um, dad's side of the background, but my mom's like Italian, so I'm I'm a mixture too.
1: Yeah, it's cool, <laughs> man. It's beautiful. I mean, if you break down the genealogy, we're all the same at the end. Of the mm-hmm. Everyone's got even a name. for sure. I'm from the same people, right? Adam and Eve. I don't know.
0: <laughs> for sure, if you <laughs> if you're into that stuff. <laughs> so Adam What do you? What is the? Um, what made you go to, to go to like go with this like peacefulness, the peaceful vibe, and all that?
1: Um, I mean, like. Uh, I'm big into hip-hop, like, the hip-hop head, right? So I grew up listening to, like, Nas and Big L and, and Jay and Biggie and all these different people and, you know, like, was always drawn to more, like, the inspirational message, so I think I, I like Nas the most. Um, but the Peaceful specifically, like, from a music standpoint, was just hearing so much, like, violence. Just everything in hip-hop is predicated, not everything, because that's a sweeping generalization, but, like, a lot of it is around sex, drugs, and violence. And I just wanted to – I like – logic Russ, you know stuff that was just like talking about manifestation and your own journey and respecting others and you know what i mean like i i i didn't see that as corny i thought that was really cool to bring that into hip-hop because like the way that i grew up in the, the way the game was you know it, it was kind of like that's was dumb you know but when hip-hop first started like when i really started studying it that's what it was founded upon was like bringing people together in the community and peace and love. And that's what like hip hop really originates on. And I wanted to bring it back to the truth but also bring like a new school style. Like that's everything that I do, you know, in, in terms of the music sound of my brand is like being new school with it, but still like true to all the people that put in work into the OGs and pay homage in the way that I go about my business and being an artist. So mm. the whole peaceful thing is really that from a music standpoint, from a personal standpoint, it's just, I've, I think we all deal with a lot of demons. I think that comes in different ways. I think that what you focus on is what you get. Um, and I'd rather choose to be peaceful and loving and accepting and understanding and open-minded than the other way, which is dark and selfish and evil and closed off. And you know, mm-hmm. that's just not how I want to live
0: my life. So when um when I've checked out your music, I feel like the like songs you've released on streaming services they are more like more have messages but then when i check out your freestyles they definitely are more about cars do you think it's difficult to put more of an emphasis in like peace and stuff when it comes to freestyles because it's more like off the top of your head versus when you're
1: i think it's yeah, yeah i mean that's that's a good question i think it's just more the type of beat that it is like if i'm vibing to like broken a minute by tory lanes like i have a freestyle to that you know i say like i think i have a bar that's like uh just got the uh Bentley pull up in the new Rari or something like that right I'm like talking about cars but that whole vibe is like in your face but then I have a freestyle over like J. Cole's high for hours I called it high for days Mm. and that everything I spit is like the first bar that is my anxiety is mountain about the summit all this pain and memories I can't stomach like so it just depends on the vibe right and I, I think that music shouldn't be and an artist shouldn't ever be putting themselves in a box mm-hmm. they need to just make whatever they they feel like creatively and you know to each their own i'm not knocking material things it's good to be abundant and have stuff so you can give to others and share but at the same time it's not my focus that's not my value that's not why i live life that's not what gets me excited it's not why i make mm.
0: do you find a uh, religion important are you religious at all
1: um i am in jesus like you know i read the bible um, i read the new testament my personal standpoint on religion is religion causes division mm-hmm. so for labels purposes like people are going to say i'm a christian and i'm fine with that but at the end of the day i don't label myself so you know if if i would be denom non-denominational or like not like a specific kind of Christianity. I seek my own spiritual journey and I wish everyone's the best on their own. And I'd love to have a conversation around that and understand how they connect with the universe, to God, nature, or source, energy, whatever they call it. But at the end of the day, that's everyone's own subjective experience. And I have no control or say over that. So religion is very dogmatic in terms of its belief systems. And the ideologies that we create and that structure our world, I don't believe in that. I believe in a form, like this is a formless world that has to take form and shape for us to comprehend and make sense. But if we look past that, we see oneness, we see truth, we see collectiveness. And that's why like my three things are peace, love, unity. Like that's how I understand unity and love. They're very cohesive.
0: Mm, For sure. I kind of feel like um, it really depends on like what level you are when it comes to like super religionist. Being religious or not, but I feel like, like this newer generation is kind of not really for religion because we're looking more for answers versus saying this is because of God. And I think it's it comes back to like this whole coronavirus thing. I thought it was hilarious how people were kind of saying that that was part of the end of the days, like this fucking virus thing, you know?
1: (laughs) You think it's the end of the world?
0: I have heard some people saying that, and I was like, oh my god! I just I I think. (laughs) I think it's, um, I don't know. I think this virus is very interesting, but I don't think it's the end of the days, but
1: no, it's definitely not the end of days, man. And if it is like trying to predict it and say it is, is not the way that you want to spend your last days, right? You, so who are you going to say you were right to? <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I I don't know that's you know I, I try not to knock or judge other people's opinions because you know when you a lot of people and I've lived in this place come from a place of fear or lack of understanding so at the end of the day you know those those misconceptions or their viewpoints like I'm not here to knock them or judge them you know I just try to not be surrounded by that kind of input because I'm very conscious of what I put into my mind
0: hmm. you know what I mean do you do you go to yoga or anything like that
1: uh no I wish I was more like disciplined about doing yoga but i definitely meditate like i've been meditating for a solid seven
0: years i could uh, i could see you as one of those guys in la who goes to the yoga place every day and then goes on a walk on yeah, the boardwalk or something <laughs> uh
1: nah. but i think that's very important i think like breathing and movement with your body is really important i mean i'm, I'm a basketball trainer and coach it's a big part of it. we talk about that from a mental standpoint being able to calm yourself I mean I might honestly I might look into that when I start doing more shows and when I'm on tour because those are long sets and in the past when I've done like forty five minute sets by the end or even an hour fifteen minutes, I was so gassed like I could barely even get words out. So Yeah man Looking it's... into that yeah, looking into that in terms of like breathing techniques and stuff might be good.
0: Yeah, I've actually noticed that it's like um, there's actually breathing techniques you need when you're like reciting music or anything like that. Like I do um intros for every podcast I do. And I, I'm like, oh shit, just actually reciting words. I'm like, gas, <laughs> you know? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I'm like oh shit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's real. It's real, man. <laughs> it's like all those, if you're getting into music or if you're new to the mic, man, you got to get your hours in. You got to spend time at the mic. That's what I would tell any new artist. That's like one of the first things I always say. Mm. This is a hard lesson learned for me.
0: So what is this new project that you have coming out? It's a it's a debut project, not an album, right? Or how are you describing it? No, it's an album. It's an album?
1: Um, it is the debut project that I put out. I haven't put out like a full cohesive project, even a mixtape EP, anything that was like on all streaming platforms, you know what I mean? Beats that I own. Uh, yeah, it's called Trapeze Artist. So it's a play on the word trapeze artist, like the people that, you know, hang in the air and do acrobatics. So... The concept, like that, came to me is I grew up, I grew up, you know, with my mom. So, you know, my Caucasian family in a low income Section Eight. You know, my my actually my auntie's boyfriend, it was like, big into drugs, right? In terms of dealing them, creating it. So I grew up in a trap house. So the whole idea of a trap piece artists is like everyone's into trap music. That became like the new flavor, right? Like, um, that that's what's relatable to people you know the piece obviously that's what I strove for even though I grew up in that type of environment and like that's you know that's who I am I'm an artist in a lot of different ways like you know I don't I have a I have an ebook that I haven't even told the fans about that's going to come out later in Q4 this year that's about personal development like that's a form of artistry to me you know I always wrote poetry I spoken word is a big part of it um so, yeah, like, the, the, the whole concept trap piece artist plays on that word and plays on balancing. like, growing up in this crazy-ass environment with all this noise and crazy stuff going around, like, you know, cousins, CPS pulling up, cousins in the back of cop cars, like, just bad shit going around, right? Like, fiends in and out the house, like, just not good. And then wanting to, in the school environment, in sports environments, like, always excelling and putting the time and effort into that because knowing, like, this could be an outlet, this could be a way to get – recognized in a positive way and continue to build those habits and learn from teachers coaches things like that so that's the whole project when you listen to it it's like a lot of it's like sorry. Just, yeah i made it out the mud like things like that so and, and it's all inspirational it's all about overcoming um, it's a little bit talking my shit because <laughs> you know I, I don't know i'm finally in a place in life where i have a lot of self-love and i'm confident with you know the choices that i made it all stacks up it all compounds day in and day out year after year and it's just really a blessing to finally put that all out in one
0: project. Mm. What made you decide to release it as an album? Because, um, for example, uh, Nipsey Hussle, he was in the industry and like actually had a name for like ten years before he decided to release Victory Lap, which was his mm. debut album. And like along that time, of course, he released a mix. He released a ton of mixtapes, and I, f- I see a lot of artists releasing mixtapes. And then once they get signed to a record label or anything like that, then they work on a debut project or album. Are you signed to mm-hmm. a record label or anything like that?
1: I uh, have a distribution deal that's non-exclusive that's been going on for three plus years with Bentley records their international label at a NYC on wall street, not signed. Uh, I don't know if that's in the cards for me, maybe a expanded distribution deal with a major label. Uh, the reason why I decided to put it out as an album and I don't have any previous mixtapes. I've put out some music. I've taken down some music is because I'm at a place in my life where, in terms of my manager and his connections, and the relationships I have with labels, and the conversations we've had in the past, and things I have been offered, where I kind of understand my value and what I built up in terms of an actual loyal fan base that's engaged, people that will buy merchandise, people that will stream music, people that will go watch. Um, so, really, like the long-term aspect of that, just where I'm at in that, uh, I think it was time to give people, you know, a full project that I really worked hard on and it can be synchronized, you know, cause what's the difference? Like for people out there, just so they don't know, an album is something that you own. You own the beats, you own the production, you own everything about it to the point where it can be synchronized in commercials, film, TV. Like it can be, your music can be played in those and there's no issue. Right. In a mixtape, you're probably going over someone else's beats or it's a piece, beat that you leased or something of that nature where you can't be synchronized and placed and make what's called mechanical royalties, which is film placement or any kind of synchronous, in a video game, any kind of synchronized, your song is playing, you know, in an intro or anything, right? And that's where big money really is in the industry if you're not signed to a major label. Artists with major labels have access to all that stuff. I mean, that's what the freaking label is for.
0: Mm, for sure. That was a good explanation for sure. So, how'd you get that, um the Dax feature? That was pretty, I, I was like, what? How'd you You know who Dax is? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. That's
1: crazy, bro. That song's hella old. And that before it even came out, I had the feature for like a year. So shout out to Dax for doing it. Daniel, that's my boy, uh, Hooper, too. But I've, know, I've known Daniel since like, bro, before he had, he had maybe like 20K followers when I did the feature with him. Mm. And I was supposed ah. to go to L.A. and do a music video. And actually the music video for Medicinal Vibrations is what I ended up shooting there. He still needs to do the music video with me. Shout out Dax, but we still need to shoot that uh, for real because that shit's gonna be fire, especially right now. The people need that. But um, yeah, I mean, he's just the homie. He I saw him as someone who does spoken word and writes super positive, and I thought he was fire way back then. So I was like, let's do something. You know what I mean? Paid him, did a song.
0: Yeah, he um, like I think it was literally like two days ago or something. He came out with a new song with tech nine that which was pretty cool
1: oh yeah like faster yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. that
0: that was a i want to get into animation like that like because um it's just it's dope to like do animation like that did you see the video at all
1: yeah i did i, was... I think it's really cool too bro he comes with like really creative concepts and in terms of like artists you know full mm-hmm. artistry like <laughs> a lot of people don't do that but he knows how to go viral and get people's attention smart shit
0: for sure so isn't Dirty Harry your manager or something?
1: Yeah, Dirty Harry is my manager. Do you know Dirty Harry?
0: Yeah, of course I know him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I haven't met him, but of course I'm like, see, so yeah, I you gotta know him. How, how did you even meet him or anything like that? Uh,
1: through Instagram, and since then, just a lot of like in person conversations, and you know, obviously now he's managing me, so we have a great relationship. But uh, initially through Instagram, I just shown him love on his page. He reached out, said, you know, thanks for being active and tapping in. And I was like, absolutely, you're a radio legend or just like an icon in Seattle. I grew up listening to you. It's crazy, you know, how things come full circle. And he was like, basically just DM me back and said, if you ever want to have a conversation or coffee around your music and where you're going, uh, I'd love to just be a resource for you. You know, there was nothing like in terms of management or anything like that. But then we ended up getting a couple of lunches and it turned into what it is now. Great relationship.
0: Dang. Is he your first manager? I mean, uh,
1: I've had a couple managers before but it was like more kids like people my age mm. not as professional like Harris as I call him <laughs> is <laughs> it, uh, he is like so established in the industry like this dude freaking knows everybody and like uh, I, I mean, there's just no there's no limit to what I could do. That's why it was time to put out an album just, like, everything made sense. I'm like, okay, I've been working hard on music for two years. I got, like, 150, 200 songs that are unreleased. They're all fire. I got more features. I got this Dax feature. I got this Jay Cridge song out. Like, I've made moves as an independent that a lot of people don't get to do based on just who I am, how I conduct myself, my energy. Like, people don't put enough into that shit. You know what I mean? That's real, bro. That's why I got... I'm posted with these books behind me, but, like, that's a lot of... That's a lot of what gets you the door open. You know what I'm saying? But now with someone like Dirty Harry, the relationships that he has, like I'm just at the point where I'm building up numbers, doing my thing to gain leverage. And then we're going to go talk to all these relationships and people. You know, right now we're just doing radio um, and press and things like that. And, you know, got a, a nice LA press run set up as well. But just taking advantage of it, taking it nice and slow. Like it's always, it's never a rush from the, the peaceful vibes. You know what I'm saying?
0: So... What I've noticed with a lot of artists that are putting out projects right now, they bring up the riots or the coronavirus or anything like that. Are there any songs like that? Or were these all recorded before or BC before Uh,
1: corona? Yeah, yeah. They were all (laughs) BC uh, (laughs) for sure. But I don't really have anything like that coming out. I have a freestyle off of Dreamville's Down Bad, Mm. which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. We're going to do a fire-ass visual for that. So, you know, I'll drop that as like the Instagram kind of freestyle. Uh, fun that we do, and just engaging content. But that's um, that's speaking on everything and kind of my viewpoint and you know like how I take jabs. I'm very sarcastic about everything, but also serious. Um, I don't have anything like that on the album though. And I I, I think probably if there is anything from me like that, it would be uh, later down the line. Mm-hmm. But I've already put out songs like that, like "Make America Great Again" and. Uh, I mean, that that's the whole message is even before all this was going on. Like I preach that all the time, you know,
0: what are your opinions on this Chaz and chop scenario in Seattle?
1: Really good to see some of my friends out there leading the charge. When I saw the protests, like the martial law band, Ras Simone, uh, I always say Dustin Adams, OD one take chase Fade. I love all those guys, especially Marshall and the band, what they're doing, playing live music for everybody. Uh, Chaz chop though. Hmm. I don't, I'm not informed enough to give you an opinion that I feel like uh, people should take and actually go do or spread like hearsay. Mm-hmm. Uh, my personal perspective on the whole situation is I've been there. I've seen it with my own eyes. It's very peaceful. Um, I got a lot of love for the people in the city. I think that there is the right intention. I think it's a confused message. I think it's very al- also very hard to orchestrate that many people in communion without the type of resources and technology that the government has. Uh, I don't know what else to really say about that. It's a very difficult situation. Um, you know, I, I have a lot of love for both sides. I mean, even just the whole situation in general, to be honest with you, family. I'm biracial, right? So I'm like already white and black. But I grew up in a low income community with my white family. So we, I grew up in like, like ghettos, like hood type of culture. Like most of my friends are minorities. Grew up in every going to Mariner High School, Olivia Park Elementary. Like not good stuff. So then I went to go live with my dad when I was 11. And he was like more suburbs, lived kind of in Bellevue and was more like educated and tried to do like, like stay away from that kind of stuff. So that whole thing for me, it's already like it's tough because I see systematic oppression and I've been subject to it. Like I've been detained for no reason in downtown Kirkland right here outside my house, like military weapons held at my head while I was in handcuffs for 45 minutes. Like I literally didn't do shit, but come outside at the wrong time. So and I've also been treated my whole life like black people don't want me to say the N-word, but I've been a nigga to white people my whole entire life. So because the, the tone of my skin. Right. And I live in Washington. So I'm faded. If I, when I lived in California, I'm like more your color. Hmm. The whole thing, it's like, I'm never fucking right. So I don't, I don't really have an opinion, but I see both sides. Like that's my opinion is I have so much compassion and love for both sides. I also have great relationships with police officers. When I worked at the finance firm, the chief of SPD is someone that I had a good relationship with. So like the, the, the things that, I've seen and done and the people I've talked to, it gives me both sides of the equation. And at the end of the day, Chaz, Chob, like I said, I think it's the right intention. I think it's just a mixed, confused message. Um, and I think it's very hard for the leaders to orchestrate that and keep it consistent. Uh, but they've done a great job. I mean, at least it's running awareness, at least it's starting the conversation. Me and you, you, you asked me about it. I think job well done. <laughs> I hate that it comes with, I think, it, I, think, it comes with, I, think I, I hate that it comes with violence and looting. That sucks but you pay a price, right? It's 400 years. Like there's a certain kind of balance to this. And it's like black people don't genocide and kill white people in any kind of way. Like if white people want to point and say black on black violence, well shit, help us out. We're human beings. Where's your fucking compassion? Well, we'll look at the points, why are we killing each other? Why why is the violence up in these low income communities in these quote unquote ghettos, instead of just being like, well, they kill each other. They're terrible. No, that's a human being. Pull your head out of your ass. How do we get to healing? (laughs) And so I'm glad that the conversation's steering towards that.
0: For sure, it seems like you personally have like a you got that logic situation going on, where you're like a really biracial rapper, but people don't know if you're black or not. Just like no, people have no fucking idea, and the- I really don't care. I
1: don't. I don't. I, I don't. I get it. That needs to be part of the conversation. I represent. Like, my family, you know, at the end of the day, I don't really represent, like, a color or any side of human beings. I didn't choose to be born to a black (laughs) father and a white mom, and nobody does. So I think it's laughable. Also, the concept of race cracks me up. There's one race. It's the human race. Otherwise, it's colors and then continents, and it's, like, (laughs) what? I don't know. I, I laugh at this. So I, I don't live that way. But yeah, it is definitely a logic type thing. He was a big inspiration because I was like finally someone that put words to kind of what I was experiencing society-wise.
0: Mm-hmm. At least you're not like the little mosey skin color. That's insane. That's that's like albino at that point.
1: It is albino. My, shout out my homie Zach Levine. I love you to death. <laughs> I grew up with him. Zach, you're albino. I love you, though. <laughs> but we, are, we always called him gray. Oh, man. It is what it is. But you don't choose that. You know what I mean?
0: True. But yeah, back on this Chaz Chop thing, I think it's I think it's cool what Marshall's doing and getting like that press, which is awesome.
1: Yeah, CNN, Vice.
0: But I don't think that Chaz is going to end well by any means. First of all, the entire country thinks we're total assholes and idiots because of this Chaz <laughs> thing. The memes that I've seen are like... I, I almost cry when I see these memes. They're, like a, they're hilarious, but I think... <laughs> Oh my God. I need to send, I want to send you one um, after this. I was dying, but I think that people don't realize how much power the police actually do have. I think that, and the police are going to do it now. They, people kind of think that the police were just stepping back because they were scared or something of what's happening down there, but more what's happening is the police are planning on what they're going to do and they're letting things run their course just like how that nineteen-year-old kid got shot and killed—I don't even know who that rapper was—but but that but sucks that he died. And then someone else got shot the following day. And then if you listen to any of these interviews that aren't like a martial law interview, these people are very mixed on what they're saying. They're like when they, I was watching this interview where that um, that kid got shot and. Um, this ho- I don't know if he was homeless or not, but this guy was saying how the police better come for the killer instead of the frickin' um, Chaz people. But then when you look at news reports, these Chaz people don't really have anything under control. They have, like, the community part under control. But they don't really—it's not like they have laws or anything. And, um— mm-hmm. I, and then at the end of the interview, they're basically if someone's getting killed or shot or they have medical problems inside the chat, it's not like the police are going to come in and help you, because of so the, the police are basically letting this run its course. But um like last yesterday, the day before, they just banned um tear gas and stuff like that. So from what I've been reading, is when the police do come in, they're going to have guns and batons. So it's it's either. Either the Chaz is most likely going to have to disband themselves, or it's going to be really fucking ugly with these police. Which yeah, so it's it's just a it's a shame to see any of this happen, and um, yeah. It's
1: what if the mayor just lets it play out till the summer and people go in when it's cold?
0: I think if the mayor lets this play out, then it's going to be more ugly, especially with these fucking cases. Like I was telling you before the interview, the um, coronavirus is definitely a real thing. And I think it's gonna get way worse this summer, especially because people are kind of saying that it's not gonna be—it's gonna be like the flu, or it's not bad in the summertime. But this—we still don't know everything about this disease. And just since the protests have started, like the numbers used to be like a couple hundred maybe a week, but now for one day to be a couple thousand—that's <laughs> really fucked. <laughs> so it's just—it's kind of scary stuff actually. But I think it's cool to be in like a music community especially in hip-hop who hip-hop artists it's kind of like their duty to kind of explain what's going on you know
1: yeah i've always felt that way too to observe what's going on and and say it in the art yeah well i mean with everything going on i think that in washington we just got issued that you have to wear a mask when you're outside so i got a special peace love and unity mask that's just about to drop man it's like the first merch campaign that we're doing behind the album it's really cool it's literally peace love unity across the mask it's really high quality it's going to be amazing so people can get that soon.
0: for sure that's just dope i need to start i've been having the i was wearing the same mask for like a month and i was like this can't be sanitary i was like oh shit no <laughs> <laughs> straight co2 yes dude oh my god and you especially
1: better than some people wearing a bandana and when it doesn't that doesn't do anything
0: at all. yeah but you learn, you learn the hard way if you brush your teeth or not when you're wearing a mask. That morning breath, if you're going to get breakfast or something, no. Yeah,
1: no. <laughs> yeah. So, Nobody wants that.
0: So as an artist, what do you think you've done to stand out compared to these other artists, hip-hop artists or just artists in general in Seattle?
1: Uh, I think I have just like more big features and just credibility in terms of the people that I've worked with as an independent artist. Uh, I think that if anybody has been following the kind of like the growth, it's been really organic uh, in terms of the fan base and the engagement. I think that the message, and the way that I go about doing hip hop, is just different. You don't hear a lot of people just talking about peace. Not a lot of people with peace in their name. There's no low peace, as far as I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but for real, like at the end of the day, I mean, I'm just delivering like. Stuff that people can relate to. Everyone's got, you know, adversity that they've overcome. They, everyone loves inspiration uh, to a degree. You know, unless you're really big into like emo rap, that's probably not. I'm probably not who you want to listen to. Well, I still listen to like Juice World and stuff. Like, I'm very inspired by those types of artists. So, I don't know. I think that the the whole getting up behind peace gang, being a peacekeeper, standing for what's right, stand for love for everyone at the end of the day it's different and I think people really you know get next to that and I think it's cool and the music is not like my my flow and the way that I go about uh, music is not like anybody else I'm like you're not going to hear it and go oh I think he sounds like this and if it is it would be kind of stretching it but probably somebody I'm just influenced by for sure so I don't know I feel like that's really good find your own sound
0: what are your goals with this uh This album release, what are you hoping to see with it? Whether it's the fans understanding you better, numbers?
1: Yeah, a little combination of both. I mean, really to tell my story, uh, there's going to be a documentary series that comes out. I put out the intro episode a while ago, kind of tease everybody on that. I know everybody was expecting it to come out like right after, but it's going to come out after the album's been out for about a month. Mm -hmm. It's going to really tell the story. You know, it's documentary style, getting into background, growing up, the reason why I make music, the type of music, all that stuff. Um, but the, the goal with Trap Beast artists is to do numbers. Yeah, it's a really like first time because it's the first project. Push on Spotify, push on Apple Music, YouTube, all that stuff. There's three music videos that are going to come out for sure for the album. One's already out, come up. There's going to be another one for Feel You and then another one for a song called Classic. Um, and those are all drop within the next probably four to six weeks. So I don't know the whole goal is to connect with the fans tell the story but also you know my goal is 10 million streams by the end of 2020 for the album
0: hey it's all about yeah so
1: i'm i'm really trying to do numbers with it man i'm, I'm trying to get this in front of people and it's for the first time you know we really are come up to over 50k streams in the first month so that's exciting
0: for sure that's exciting man so because you lived in everett now you said you live in kirkland and dirty how yeah D- D- not dirty howie dirty harry mm-hmm. he's um in seattle so I'm guessing you understand the music scene from Seattle up to up north. Do you, have you connected with anything in Tacoma? Like, what are your opinions on, because when I first started this podcast, I, like, noticed, like, these barriers from Seattle to Everett, Everett to Tacoma. But have you been able to see these barriers as well, or do you think everyone's connecting well, or what's your overall opinion?
1: I think it's a lot better than it's ever been in terms of the Seattle community music-wise. Um, yeah, there's the, I, I noticed that. I noticed that in my three years here doing music, that there's barriers, Uh, they're finally starting to come down. People are collaborating more, people are connecting more. Uh, For me, like I'm kind of always been that way since high school. Like I'm cool with all the different cliques and crowds, Uh, but more I tap in with, with, you know, my guys in Seattle. Um, But I got a lot of love for, you know, like Zayside up in Everett and what's going on in the North End. Um, I don't really be in Tacoma too much. I know a few of the cats that are down there, like South, South and some of the stuff that's going on, but even more, they're in Seattle too. So I don't know, it's finally all starting to come together, but for a while, it seemed like we didn't want to get along or like help each other. It was weird.
0: Mm -hmm. For sure. So what has your been, um, what's your schedule like during this quarantine thing? Have you uh, been staying home? Have you been recording music at all or anything like that? Or
1: uh, keep it real low-key at the home studio. Uh, stuff goes here and then at the homie uh, Tonics house and the New Wave crib. They're like family to me, so I still see them. But other than really like making music, we haven't really been doing much staying in. I still train a few kids with the hoop in, but again, that's very small in terms of the amount of people that are there, and that's like family too. Because mm-hmm. uh, they, they play on both my AAU team and the select team that I coach for Lake Washington, so um, yeah, I mean, I'm just doing my thing, you know, it was a great time to write an ebook. it was a great time to be reading um, and educated, it's been a great time to, you know, get with the family and get the mind right, been exercising a lot, so it's been a kind of similar routine, it is what it is, I'm, ex- I'm excited for things to open back up, but I don't know what's going to happen, yeah, who knows?
0: For sure, but, uh, I
1: miss I miss hooping, to be honest, mm, I, like playing five you know for sure
0: I've actually seen a lot of some of my friends have been still going out to go hooping and I'm like ah, I don't know if that's the smartest idea right now but you gotta do what you gotta yeah. do but yeah Peaceful Pinder what is some advice that you have for up and coming artists creators influencers
1: uh, number one believe in yourself believe in yourself above all things believe in yourself don't be afraid to pursue your dreams and Wear your passion on your sleeve. A lot of people challenge you uh, with their feedback or criticisms, or you may perceive it in a way that challenges your beliefs about it. But that is the number one thing I feel like that separates people is they just are persistent. They have grit. There's so many characteristics that come along with just unconditional faith towards your passion. Um, and then spend a lot of time working on your craft. Sharpen that ax. So whenever the opportunity comes for you people to cut tree you're ready to go. That's like the biggest thing in my journey. I mean, a lot of times I did not think things are going to work out. I wanted to quit. Uh, and it's only been three and a half, three years. And I was just like, damn, this is way harder than I thought. Like it seems like so much bigger of a timeline when you're in it than when you're like initially started and you're like, okay, it's probably going to take this long. <laughs> um, so I think this people just, just keep working on your craft and keep believing. And if you believe in the law of attraction and manifestation, voila.
0: <laughs> for sure. When what's the easiest way to reach you?
1: Uh, probably Instagram. You know what I'm saying? If you're not in my inner circle, I keep it pretty tight. Like I said, you got to watch who you surround yourself with and your input. Um, but probably Instagram for sure. At Peaceful Pinder is the easiest way to reach.
0: Awesome. And your new album drops this Friday, which, what's which the dates this Friday? It's the June 26th. 26th, June 26th, the trapeze artists.
1: Yeah. Trapeze artists, Spotify, Apple music, all those.
0: Awesome. Well, this is the NAS podcast with.